Bishop Dr. Michael Hutton Wood, the senior pastor of House of Judah, UK, the Happy Church, presents six dynamic life-changing books that will catapult you to higher heights untitled. Success has no uncles. Twelve cancers to avoid at all costs in leadership, ministry, and management. You have only one life. Make it count. Understanding and releasing the power of first fruit offerings and tithes. Invoking the incredible power of altars and sacrifices. Forgive, but don't forget. Success is self-determined. Success consists of little daily efforts. And failure consists of little daily neglects. Daniel said, I understood by books. No matter what life throws at you, stay focused and keep moving through relevant and current information. These books are definitely a must for your library. Order your copies today by calling or visiting our website, www.housejitter.org.uk, or using the information on your screen. So today we want to talk about, we've been speaking about service has no expiry date, and it's still it, service has what? No expiry date. Amen. And today we want to look at this subject. You know, let me read this scripture before we start. It says that today we're going to speak on don't be a half-hearted Christian. Amen. Amen. Do not be a what? Half-hearted Christian. So let's look at this scripture before we start. It says in Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, it says all scripture. Somebody shout all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. Say it with me. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, not man, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? Say why. Why? Why? That the man of God the ministers of God, the children of God, may be what? Perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. So that is why the word comes. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, stay with me. Stay with me. You, know, you do know I do like interaction. Amen. So it says that all scripture, alright? Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrines. For some, when the word comes, is for doctrine. Hallelujah. Amen. It's for what? Doctrine. Amen. For some, it's for reproof. Amen. For some, it's for what? Correction. And for some, it's for instruction in righteousness. Okay? So there's no one that should ever be in the presence of the Lord and go away thinking that word was not for me. Amen. Amen. No one should ever be in the presence of God and hear a word and think, oh, no, no, that's not me. Because for somebody it could be instruction, for somebody it could be correction, right? Amen. For somebody it could be doctrine, making sure we have the right doctrine. Amen. Amen. And for some it's for reproof. Amen. Why? So that we'll all be perfect. Tell your neighbor the word comes so that you'll be perfect. Amen. You'll be perfect. Amen. Thoroughly furnished unto all good work. Say unto all good work. All good work. That's what God wants for us. Amen. To be perfect. Amen. So that we can do good works. Amen. Hallelujah. So today we want to look at don't be a half-hearted Christian. Amen. This is an article by Greg Laurie. He's an amazing man of God. Amen. I love listening to all these people. Because sometimes they come, you know, with cylinders blazing from the 
you know, the corners and the senders and everywhere. Even when you're hiding, they catch you. Amen. Amen. Right? So, we will all live a legacy of sorts. Amen? We will all what? Live a legacy of sorts. Either a positive one or a negative one. Amen? Are we, are we, are we on the same page? Our lives will eventually come to an end. Amen? I know we don't talk about that. Amen? But... Our lives will what? One day come to an end and each and every one of us will live a legacy. Amen. A legacy is simply an inheritance. It's what you leave behind when you are no longer here. Amen. So as we said, we can live a legacy, either a positive one or a negative one. Hallelujah. So the truth will one day come out. Amen. The truth will what? One day come out. The good things we did, the bad things we did, and what we really stood for will come out one day. Amen. There's nothing hidden. Amen. There's nothing hidden under the sun. That is why he says we must be perfect. Amen. Thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Hallelujah. Amen. Because one day our lives, I'm saying that one more time just for emphasis, one day our lives will come to an end. Amen. And we will leave a legacy, an inheritance of sorts, amen. A positive one, a negative one. The truth will come out. The good things we did, you know, sometimes you do good and you think nobody knows, right? You do good things and you don't get rewarded for it, hallelujah, amen. And it seems like it's the bad people that are always making headways, the bad people who are always getting ahead. But trust you and me, one day, I said one day, the truth will come out. The good things that you did is the legacy that you will leave behind. Amen. That is what you will be remembered for. Hallelujah. Amen. So let us strive. Go ahead. Come on. Let us strive to keep doing good. Amen. Keep what? Doing good. Do not be a half-hearted Christian. Amen. What we really stood for is not what we pretend. Amen. Not what we pretend and show to other people, but what we really stood for will come out one day. Hallelujah. Amen. So we may live long, productive lives. Amen. That's what we are praying for. Amen. Long. Say long. Productive lives. That's what we are praying for. Amen. Long, productive lives. We may live long, productive lives. And like Caleb of the Old Testament, we'll be able to look back after 85 years. Somebody say, wow. After 85 years and say that we finished well. Amen. Come on. Like Caleb, after 85 years, he said what? He finished well. We can look back on the lives that we led. Amen. The legacy that we left behind. Amen. Or the legacy that we are leaving behind and say we finished well. Hallelujah. Amen. If you know the story of Caleb, Joshua and Caleb and all of them, you know it wasn't an easy one. Amen. Amen. So Caleb, Joshua, and the Israelites had come into the promised land after 40 years of wilderness wandering. Amen. They had been wandering, going round and round and round and round. Like sometimes you feel like we're going round and round in circles, not knowing whether we are going or coming or what's happening and all that. Is that true? Is that true? So the same thing happened. Nothing new. Tell your neighbor nothing new. Tell somebody else it's nothing new. So Caleb, Joshua, the Israelites had come finally 
into the promised land, amen, after 40 years of wilderness wandering, amen. And Caleb had been promised a portion of the land, hallelujah. He had been promised what? A portion of the land, that is an inheritance, amen. And now that they were in the promised land, finally, somebody say finally, he asked for what had been promised him earlier, amen. So he said to Joshua, this is in Joshua 14, 6-9. Joshua 14, 6-9. This is what Joshua said. Moses, of course, had now gone, hallelujah. Amen. We know he didn't make it, right? We know Moses didn't make it. Come on, Bible students, amen. Right? Because, you know, he got offended with the people. That's why we must deal with offense. So, huh, offense can cause you to miss your promised land. Eh? After everything he did, Uncle Moses didn't make it into the promised land. Okay, go read about Moses. Amen. Go read about Moses. All the great things he did. He didn't. Because he got offended with the people. He didn't do the right thing. Amen. God said, ah, you will not go. Uh, after going through the fire, the, 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 the sea, the Red Sea, Pharaoh chasing him left, right, and center, and everything else. Hallelujah. But that's for another day. Amen. This is what Joshua said. Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me. When we were at Kadesh Barna. Amen. I was 40 years old. He remembered his story. Hallelujah. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barna to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people. Ha! Huh. They did what? They frightened the people from entering the promised land. We'll come to that in a minute. I don't want to go too far ahead of myself. Amen. But for my part, I wholeheartedly, amen, shout, I wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly, but I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Amen. So that day Moses solemnly promised me the land of Canaan, which, which we were just walking, will be given to me and my descendants forever. Amen. Because I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Amen. Did we hear that? Beautiful scripture. Because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the, promised, the promises that God made to him was not just to him, but to what? His word, descendants. So notice this important phrase. He says, you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Amen. It simply means that Caleb wasn't a half-hearted Christian. Amen. He was not what? A half-hearted Christian. Amen. And the thing that blessed me the most is that the inheritance, the, 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 that, the land that was promised to him, the blessing that was promised to him was not just for him. Amen. I have said it and I'm saying it again. I want that to sink in. The blessing that God has promised you for following him wholeheartedly is not just for your sake, but it's for your generation. Amen. It's a legacy, a godly legacy that when you are not here, before you even go, you are sure that no matter what happens to me, my children, my children's children are taken care of. That's what this is all about. That's why we keep pushing. That's why we keep pressing. That's why, you know, be, you know the song we sang, in the pressing, in the crushing. Hallelujah. We keep pushing on. Not because of us. Amen. To be honest with us, some of us, if it's just us, I don't think we really care. Amen. We probably won't bother. Amen. We're like, yeah, you know. But it's for our children and our children's children. Look at the way the world is going today. 
Imagine you are not here. What will happen to our children if we do not leave them? Huh? A godly legacy. What will happen to us? Amen. Hallelujah. So that for me, that's the, mo- the thing that blessed me the most. Amen. It's not about just you. It's not just about just me. It's about our children. Our children's children. Somebody shout, it's not just about me. It's about my children. My children's children. And their children's children. My generation. And beyond. Amen. Shout a living amen. Amen. So he says here that the, the important phrase is, Caleb, wholeheartedly follow the Lord. So what does it mean when he says wholeheartedly? Amen. You know, we know the words, but let's look at the meaning because it does make a difference. Amen. So wholeheartedly, to follow the Lord, wholeheartedly means you follow the Lord with complete sincerity. Shout complete sincerity and commitment. Enthusiastic. Say enthusiastic and without any doubt. Amen. That's what wholeheartedly means. Amen. We follow the Lord, our God, with complete sincerity and commitment. We are completely enthusiastic and without any doubt. Amen. Without what? Any doubt. Anybody and everybody looks at us and they have no shadow of doubt that we are following the Lord. Amen. Amen. I said, anybody looks at you, anybody looks at me, and because of our complete sincerity, amen, commitment and enthusiasm or enthusiasm, amen, they know without a shadow of doubt that these people are following God. Amen. Oh, come on, shout amen. And also, it's earnest devotion without reservation or misgiving. You know, I'm sure, I'm not sure I'm serving today, I'm not serving tomorrow, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody, without any misgivings. If we are, then we are. Amen. If we are, then we is. Amen. Amen. There's no in-between. Amen. Either you are or you are not. And it can be seen. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. It can be seen when you are serving God wholeheartedly like Caleb did and he received his inheritance. Amen. He says, earnest devotion without reservation, without misgivings. Not today, I am tomorrow, I'm not sure. Maybe, you know, if they, are, uh, they praise me, if they call me, if they kappa yakata. Hey, dayanda, kayanda. None of that stuff. Amen. I told you when I speak in the Holy Ghost, it's because certain words want to pop out of my mouth, which are not sanctified. Amen. And so I do not wish to go back that way. Amen. I refuse to what? Go back that way. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Okay? Wholeheartedly. Serving God without misgivings. Fervency. That's wholeheartedly. That means Caleb said wholeheartedly. Fervently. Amen. You know what fervency is? With zeal. Shout with zeal. With fire. Amen. With fire. Amen. With passion. That is what wholeheartedness means. When we are serving God, let us serve Him wholeheartedly. Amen. Let's serve God with complete sincerity. Shout Amen. With commitment. Shout Amen. Let us be completely enthusiastic. Amen. Without any doubt. Amen. Let us be, let us be earnest in our devotion. Hallelujah. Without reservations. Amen. Let us be fervent. Shout Amen. Let us be what fervent. Let us be hot. Let us have a passion. Let us be zealous. Amen. You know, we are singing unto God. I mean, I was standing over there. The next thing I knew, I moved. I had to control myself because before I know it, I'll be right here. Amen. Amen. That is zeal. I'm not saying be me. You be you in your own way. But you know what I'm saying. Be fervent. 
Amen. Be fervent in your serving of the Lord. Amen. In your worship of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Show some zeal. You know, God loves people that come before Him with singing and shouting and dancing and rejoicing. Amen. Where is our joy? Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's have some fire. Amen. I like fire. Amen. I like some zeal. Hallelujah. I want to know when I look at you that you are serving the Lord wholeheartedly. Because it shows. I'm not saying this smiling like a Cheshire card. No, but I'm saying there's a fire, hallelujah. And there's a zeal, hallelujah. And there's a fervency about you, amen. Amen. There's a sincerity about you, amen. Amen, somebody. Are we good? Are we there? Amen. So do not be a half-hearted Christian. So that is what serving God wholeheartedly means. What does it mean? The exact opposite is true of being a half-hearted Christian. So let us look at what half-heartedly means. It says, without enthusiasm or energy. Oh my days. Oh my. Oh my. It says, being a half-hearted Christian is serving God without enthusiasm. Amen. Or energy. No energy. Dull like that. Dull, what, like that. Cool, impassive, no interest, indifferent, apathetic, no concern, you know, detached, unresponsive, uninvolved, unemotional. My God, did somebody hear me? Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. Let's see where we fall in. Amen. Amen. He says, Being a half-hearted Christian simply means we serve God without enthusiasm or energy. We are cool, impassive. We have no interest whatsoever. We are indifferent. We are apathetic. We have no concern whatsoever. We are uninterested in anything to do with God, God's house. Hallelujah. We are detached. Amen, somebody. We are unresponsive. We are uninvolved in any way, shape, or form. And we are unemotional. We're just there. No emotions. How can you be born again? Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost fire that is burning inside you. And you can just be there and not, be, and not have no emotion. The words are struggling to come out of because I cannot imagine how that Holy Ghost all I have to do is just open my mouth speak in the Holy Ghost all I need to shout is the name Jesus and the fire is already burning in me I'm not looking at anybody I'm not thinking of what someone did what they didn't do I'm just thinking of my my Jesus my Savior my Redeemer my friend I'm thinking about the cross I'm thinking about God I'm thinking about kingdom business that's all I'm thinking about how can I not get excited how can I not be excited? Amen. How can I be uh, uh, unresponsive? How can I not even have any emotions? Can you see how I'm just standing here like, I don't even know. I'm, if I had wings, I would fly right now. Hallelujah. Come on, make some noise. Passion, zeal for the Lord. There are too many, you know, half-hearted Christians. Amen. You can't tell. When you look at them, you can't tell if they are... And it's not helping us. You will see as we go along, that is not helpful. To you who is serving half-heartedly. Amen, somebody. Amen. So, amen, yeah. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So, 
Frank Laurie says this. He says, I think and I believe that we have a lot of half-hearted people filling the pews of churches today. Hello. There are a lot of what half-hearted people filling the pews of churches today. They want to give the bare minimum to the one who gave them everything. Oh. Oh. How can you give the bare minimum to the one who gave you everything? The one who gave you life, breath. The one who gave you everything you have. Then you will give him the bare minimum. Like me, I'm doing this and no more. The bare minimum. Amen. If you try, okay, now let me say this, amen. If you try to live as a Christian, but live as you please, you will find conflict. You will always be conflict, conflicted. There will always be some conflict one way or the other. Trust me. Trust me on this one. If you say you are a Christian, the moment you put that label, amen, that word, huh? for lack of a better word, that label as a Christian, right? And if you decide to live for yourself, to live the way you please, you will always find conflict. There will always be something to war about. There will always be some warring going on in your spirit, man. Amen. Because being a Christian, you, you said that I'm a follower of Christ. Amen. You have said what? I am a follower of Christ. The heavens has heard. Amen. The earth has heard. Amen. Under Hades has heard. Amen. Hell has heard you. Amen. So you better make sure that you are following the one in whom you have believed. Amen. Otherwise you will always be conflicted. There's always something or the other. Today is this. Tomorrow is that. Another day. It's not anybody. Oh, check your life. Amen. Check if you are committed. Amen. Check if you are wholeheartedly serving God. Amen. Check if you are zealous. Amen. You are fervent about the things of God. Hallelujah somebody. Hallelujah somebody. Some people have too much of the Lord to be happy in the world. Amen. Let me say that one more time. Amen. Some people, I, I know where I stand. Amen. I can't speak for anybody. Amen. Some people have too much of the Lord to be happy in this world. Hallelujah. And too much of this, and some people have too much of this world to be happy in the Lord. Eee. Why are you not happy in the Lord if you say you are a Christian? Why are you not happy? Amen, somebody. Why are you not happy? He says some people have too much of the Lord to be happy in this world. When you are full of the Lord, when you are full of the Holy Spirit, when you are full of the joy of the Lord, you are not happy in this world with the things of the world. But when you are full of the world, when you have too much of the world in you, you are not happy being in the Lord. Amen, somebody. Come on, give the Lord a shout and a clap. Come on. Listen, 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 church. Hallelujah. Okay, the things that are happening around the world, God just wants His people to just fix up. Amen. Just come back to Him. Amen. Let it all go. We're coming back to what being a Christian is all about. Hallelujah. God loves you and I too much to leave us in the way that we are. Amen. So He brings His Word. Remember the first scripture we read? The Word comes for what? Correction, reproof, for instruction in righteousness. And what's the other one? Doctrine. Amen. Amen. So we must all find ourselves somewhere in there. Amen. Somewhere what? In there. Amen. Let's not be hard-hearted, you know, or stiff-necked. <laughs> That's why the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. For how many years? 40 years. A journey that should have taken them some months and things. 
took them 40 years because their neck was stiff like that. They'll talk, ah, they won't listen. The man of God will speak, ah, they won't listen. The woman of God will come and talk, ah, they won't listen. And they think they are doing it to the Lord, right? They think they are doing it to Moses. They, they thought they were doing it to Moses, not knowing that they are doing it to the Lord. Amen. Because it is the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Someone said, well, God has to come and speak to me. Well, he's speaking to you now. I said, well, he's speaking to you now. God will speak to you through his word. If you read his word and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the correct interpretation, or he will speak through his vessels. I ain't seen God come down himself and open his mouth and stand before someone. And, Why would he do that? He said, you have my word. Amen. Go to my word. Listen to my prophets. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So some people have too much of the Lord to be happy in this world. And too, some people have too much of this world to be happy in the Lord. Amen. They are living in a miserable no man's land. Amen. You know no man's land. Nothing works. Nothing happens. There's nothing good there. Today is fine. Tomorrow is not. Amen. And he gives his life story. He says, Greg Laurie says he became a Christian at the age of 17. Amen. That's young. Amen. I know you, you were in church at what? Is it six or seven or eight? That's why you are so righteous. Amen. <laughs> amen. So righteous. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We shan't even go into the stories yet. Amen. Okay. But he became a Christian at 17. What age did you become a Christian? He said he had been in the world for 17 years. 17 years. And he says, I think I had more, I'd had more than my fair share of the world. Amen. You know, you come to a place where you had your fair share of the world. More than your fair share. He says, I was raised in an alcoholic home. What kind of home were you raised in? Amen. Amen. He was raised in an alcoholic home where my mom was married and divorced seven times. Can you imagine an alcoholic home where his mom was married, divorced seven times? Somebody shout, hey! What kind of home did you grow up in? Amen. What is your own story? What is your own story? This is a good place to think about your own story. Amen. Amen. Have you forgotten your story? The kind of home you grew up in, the kind of life you were in. He said for 17 years he was in the world drinking, drinking and doing everything in between. And doing what? Everything in between. Like some of us were. Amen. Amen. Well, I didn't drink, but I did all the other things in between. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I was saying they're looking holy and righteous. Thank God for sanctification. Amen. 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 That's how God can beautify you. Amen. When you allow him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So have you forgotten your story? You know, forgetting your story, forgetting what, where God picked you up from, forgetting what your life was like before Christ came into your life can cause you to become a half-hearted Christian. When you forget your story and you come to that place where you think is by your own might, your own strength, your own doing, that you are where you are, that your children are what they are, your, your, your job is by your own strength, your own might. You forget your story, you can become a half-hearted Christian or you can turn your back on God. You can forget God's goodness. Amen. You can forget that it is Jehovah who picked you up from wherever you were before. You, have you forgotten your story? David is a good example. David always rehearsed his story. When you read the book of Psalms, when you read David's story, he always, what? Rehearsed his back, 
His background, his story. I was all a shepherd boy in the backside of the wilderness looking after my father's sheep. And they'll repeat it. Ah, eh, eh. When I'm ready, I say, oh, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know. Why are they saying it again? Can't they say something else? But over the years, I've learned that he was doing it for a reason. He did not want to forget. He did not want to forget. He did not want to forget that he was just a shepherd boy. He was not even qualified to be a king. But God qualified him because of his heart, because of his sincerity, because of his commitment, because of his zeal. Hallelujah. Because of his passion, because of his emotion for the Lord our God. Amen. He qualified him. So David did not want to forget because he knows that you can easily forget. You can what? Easily forget. And many people have easily forgotten. Hallelujah. Many have easily forgotten. Amen. Amen. The fire is hot in the house. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. David is a typical example, as I said. He was always rehearsing his story. The day David stopped rehearsing his story was the day he had that Minachole uh, with Bathsheba. Amen. Minachole. Entanglement. That's what they call it these days. Entanglement. Call it, he had an affair. He committed adultery. All these fancy names we are giving sin. I said, to, I said oh, you know me, I'm always, <laughs> praise Jesus, that's my field, that's my lane. I said, call it for what it is. All these fancy names, that's why you keep doing it, amen. Because you cannot call it for what God says it is. It's adultery. I said it. That's it. All this entanglement and I had a misfortune and I had a mishap. Everything you had a mishap. You got up now and then there was a mishap. No. No. It starts with a thought. When it's not checked. Hallelujah. When it's not checked. And then you keep on feeding it. You keep feeding it. You keep doing things that you know you shouldn't do. Because the Holy Spirit will convict you. You tell you, hey, don't do that. And then you say, oh, I'm not doing anything. Oh, but I'm not doing anything. What are you waiting to do before you know that you've done something? Shall I say that again? What are you waiting to do eh, before you know that you've done something? When the Holy Spirit is checking you all the time and saying, stop it. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody. Shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's when he had that, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then another time as well, you know, he said when kings were at war, David was at home. You understand? And it always puzzled me. It's a time for war. He was relaxing. And then that's where his eyes saw this woman. Amen. Amen. Because he stopped rehearsing his past. Amen. He forgot that, hey, Jehovah, it is God. I must... I must be before God's face. I must be in his house. I must be serving. I must be committed. I must, be, I must have my face in his face. Amen. And then the other time was when he decided to number Israel. Amen. Amen. He forgot. And he numbered Israel. And then that brought calamity, you know, tragedy to him. You know, the, the, the thing is that I was sharing with our pastor and I said that, you know, people now is like, well, God will forgive me, innit? You know, we're using that as a, like a slogan, like a uh, something, like a fashion statement. I don't know. 
I don't know the right word, but we all are uh, his faithful and just first John 1, and we are quoting God's scriptures. We are quoting scriptures. We are quoting scriptures. Now we are well versed in scriptures. And we are quoting it back to God. Oh, when I confess my sin, he's faithful and just. He will forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, he will forgive you. He will cleanse you. But there are consequences. I said if we will remember that there are consequences to sin. There are consequences to wrong choices and decisions. Maybe, maybe we will not be so quick to quote that scripture. We will stay away from it. Amen. There are consequences to everything that we do, good or bad. And for some people, it's one bad after the other. So it's one consequence, one consequence, eh? consequence, okay? Eh? One consequence after the other. Amen. Amen. God here will forgive, but the consequences, you will have to live it out. And unfortunately, some people who are innocent around you will suffer the backwash. That's the sad part. You know backwash? Look it up. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So back to the story. He says, for a time I got into drinking and partying. Amen. He said it was all I'd ever known. That's the home he grew up in. He grew up in a home, you know, where there, there, were, there was alcohol. You know, mother married seven times, divorced seven times. All they knew was drinks, party, and all this stuff. So he said he, that's all he knew at that point in his life. Hallelujah. He'd never gone to church before, you know, let alone to speak. He's now a powerful speaker, powerful minister, powerful servant of God. He'd never gone to church except for the time when he lived with his grandparents. Thank God for our grandparents. I thank God for my grandma. Amen. She was fiery and fierce. Amen. And some of the things that she instilled in us is what kept us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for our praying grandmothers. Amen. God rest, continues to rest their soul. Amen. Those that are passed away. Hallelujah. So he goes on to say, I knew nothing of the things of God. Like most of us, we didn't know anything about God. We were just in the world, enjoying the world. The odd going to church here and there and all that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He says, I knew nothing of the things of God. I'd been raised in this world. And that is all he knew. And he saw the world for what it was. Amen. Amen. Even at 17, he said, I was already sick of the way my life was going. I mean, how can your life just consist of drinking and partying? Nothing more. Just drinking and what? Partying. So he said, I was sick of the way my life was going, even at the age of 17. Amen. And I cannot, cannot encourage somebody. When you remember what your life was and you were how sick and tired you were of your life, you will pick up your zeal. Amen. You will not be impassive. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, I was in, uh, in a search mode, convinced that there had to be more to life than this. Like some of us, my life was the same. I was doing all these things and I was never happy. There was always something missing. Amen. Amen. He said, I was disillusioned by the adult world that he saw. Because all the adults were doing the same thing. Partying, drinking, uh, uh, divorcing, and what have you. Amen. So he said, I realized that they didn't have the answers. Amen. The world does not have the answers. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, the world does not have the answers. Jesus has the answers. Amen. And he goes on to say, I did not like the way my generation was going and what we were chasing after. Amen. I knew we didn't have the answers either, but somebody must have the answers. So he kept searching, just like you and I. We were searching. We were going from one drink to the other, one party to the other, one boy to the other, one girl to the other. Name it. Amen. Still searching. Hallelujah. 
Then I heard the gospel. Amen. He said, then I heard the gospel. Then you heard the gospel. Hallelujah. Then we heard the gospel. Amen. Do you remember when you heard the gospel? Do you remember when you heard the gospel? You must remember when you heard the gospel. You must remember what your life was like. Amen. Before you heard the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. So he said, I heard the gospel. Then I heard about Jesus Christ. Amen. Who calls us to follow him. So Jesus has called us out of the world. What? To follow him. We are to follow who? We are to follow? He called us to what? To follow him. Not to follow man. Today there are many people following men. And so they become disillusioned with man. Amen. Men do not have the answer. If you keep your eyes on Jesus the author and finisher of your faith, my faith, we will never give up. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a shout and a clap in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So he said he started going to a Bible study where he met some half-hearted Christians. I mean, this is not a good testimony. Amen. How can you go into the house of the Lord and meet half-hearted Christians in the house of the Lord? You know, but it's true. Amen. I said, it's what? It's true. He went to church. You know, he's searching for something. He's searching for something. And then he goes into the house of God. And then he meets some what? Half-hearted Christians in the house. Amen. Amen. Who wanted to play with the world and still be Christians? Half-hearted Christians. They want to what? Play with the world and still be Christians. That's why you always have conflicts. Is one or the other. He says either you are hot or you are cold. You cannot be lukewarm because if you are lukewarm, he will spew you out of his mouth. You have no place. You have no portion in his kingdom. Amen. 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 So a half-hearted Christian is the one who wants to play with the world and still be a Christian. Amen. And he said that made no sense to him. It made no sense at all. Why would you be a Christian? Carry the name of Christ. The master, the savior, and still play with the world. Play with the devil. Amen? He said, I have been there and done that. Some of us have been there and done that. That's why we are so, still so zealous for Christ. Amen? We've been there, done that, got a t-shirt, t-shirt worn out and torn. Amen? We got new t-shirts. It says Christ. Amen? It says what? Christ. Amen? Amen? There's nothing, new. There's nothing in the world. Amen? It offers you nothing. Fleeting pleasures. Temporal pleasures. What uh, pleasures? They don't last. Amen. They don't what last. Amen. He goes on to say that I knew how empty and futile it was. Remember, seventeen years. Some of us, how many years were we in the world? Hallelujah. And he goes on. I cannot imagine how anyone could know the forgiveness of God. Amen. How anyone can know the forgiveness of God and still want to double with this world? How can you know the forgiveness of God and still double with this world? Ask your neighbor, how can you know the forgiveness of the Lord and still double with this world? Ask somebody, wherever you are. Ask somebody, how can you know the forgiveness of God and still double in this world? Amen. And you know, why bother? That's why some people don't come to church. They see us and they say, why bother? There's no difference. That shall not be our testimony. Amen. That shall not be our testimony. Amen. He said, why bother? I'm not going to go anymore. Let you and I never be the reason why someone refuses to come into the house of God. Trust you and me. Let us not be the reason why somebody says, why bother? There's no difference. Amen. 
Let us follow God word wholeheartedly. Amen. And he goes, I says, I hope you don't have to learn this the hard way. You can take God's word for, for what it is. Amen. Amen. He tells you to stay away from certain things for your own good. Amen. You know, God tells us to stay away from certain things for what? Our own good. Amen. Amen. Are we here? God says, thou shalt not commit uh, fornication. Eh? That means if you are not married, you do not what? Fornicate. Right? That shall not commit adultery. Amen. <laughs> that means if you are married, the only person you must be sleeping with is your, your, your married one. Amen. Right? It's for your own good. Amen. Hello. It's not, it's, why have you all gone quiet on me? Come on. Amen. Amen. I'm speaking. He said, when he says keep away from certain things, it's for your own good because fornication can result in unwanted pregnancies. Amen. Which can cause, which can, you know, what's the word? Boomerang into other things. You know, apart from the emotional uh, craziness that comes with it. Amen. The same with adultery. Amen. The same with, what, what are some of the vices? I mean, I can't even, I can't even think of. You know, when he says, thou shalt not gossip, you know, immediately we think of the big thing. But you know that gossip to God is, is just as bad as uh, fornication and adultery. When he says, don't do this, don't do that, it means what? Don't do it for your own good. There's a reason why he says, tithe, tithe, amen. He says, well, you don't tithe, the devourer is on your case. Yes, you'll get a good job. Yes, you'll get your money. But your money will never be able to do anything. Because the devourer is on your case. Amen. Someone said, oh, but I, mean, I have a job. I said, yeah, yeah, but the money you are getting, is it meeting your needs? Is it paying for the things that you need to be paid? Do you have extra at the end of it all? Because the devourer, so the job, you get it, yeah. But the devourer is on your case. So your money's never meet any need. You are constantly struggling. You are constantly wanting more. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Are we in the house? Are we still online? Amen. Amen. So when he tells us to stay away from certain things, it's for our own good. Or he says you can learn it the easy way or learn it the hard way, which is you can say, well, what does God know? People are bold, though. People are very, very bold, brazen like that. What does God know? Oh, what? It's my life. I'll do whatever I want. Amen. What does God know? What does anyone else know? What, is, what are they talking about? That Mama B and Bishop over there and those leaders. What do they know anyway? I'll do it my way. Amen. I've heard things so. Yeah, I've heard things said by people. I'm like, whoa. All right now. Keep sowing them seeds. Amen. Keep what? Sowing them seeds. You'll learn one day. Amen. One day. Amen. The easy way, the hard way. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what the learning you'll learn. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've lived long enough to see. Amen. Amen. Ain't no curse. It's the word. Hallelujah. What does anybody know? I'll do it my way. They are talking. They are saying. They are encouraging. That uh, you're not listening. You won't. Turn. And then you can say you can learn the easy way or the hard way. You can learn it and do God's word, or you can face the consequences of that decision. Good or bad decision, you will face what the consequences. Let's make good decisions. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so Luke 9:23 says, you know, Christianity has become something else. Well, let me tell you, this is what he said. This is said. He said, Luke 9:23 and it's in Matthew 16:24. He said to them, he said to them all, not some all. He said, whoever, okay? Say whoever. 
Say with me. Teach, teach with me. Says whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself. He must forget about himself and take up their cross daily and follow me. Amen. Amen. He says, if you want to be my disciple, you must set aside selfish interest, amen, and express a willingness to endure whatever may come, amen, and believe in me, amen, conforming to the example in the way that I have shown you to live your life, amen, even to death, amen, even to what? Death, suffering, amen, hallelujah, because of our faith in him. Most people today are not suffering. You are suffering. Oh, they are No, no, no. It's not for the sake of the kingdom. Amen. It's not for the sake of the gospel. Amen. He's talking about suffering for the sake of the gospel. Just because you're a Christian, you have been persecuted. Have you heard the news of people who have been persecuted just for carrying a Bible? That is what he's talking about. Not the things that we keep claiming and saying. No, it's not that. He's talking about what being persecuted, suffering for righteousness sake, for saying I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, knowing that you can go to prison for that, knowing that you, can, you, you know, they, they can kill you for that. There are people who are hidden today, in today's world. Do we even know that? They don't have Bibles. We have how many Bibles? How many versions? Somewhere. Some of them, they have, they have a, a secret uh, group where they have to tear the Bible, right? The leaves of the Bible, and then they, 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 they give it to you today, you have it for one week, you memorize it, and then you pass it on to somebody else, and then they keep passing it on. That's the only way they have access to the Bible. That is what he's talking about, suffering for the kingdom's sake. What are you suffering for? Please. 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 He said, take up your cross daily and follow me. Amen. You must put aside selfish interests. And express a willingness to endure as a good soldier of Christ. One day when I get the opportunity, I'll teach you about a soldier, who a soldier is. Amen. I'll teach you about who, what, a soldier is. I was speaking to your son Isaac. Amen. When he, he, he went into the army first and he was doing the training. And some of the things he was saying, I said, hey, hey, I started sounding like a sheep. <laughs> Amen. I said, whoa, I cannot do that. He said, you have to if you want to be in the army. If you're a soldier... You have no choice. Today we have plenty choice. Amen. I said today we have plenty choice. That's the problem. One day I'll teach you. When I get the opportunity next time, I'll teach you. Amen. About the soldier. The Bible says we are soldiers in the army of Christ. Who is a soldier? Amen. 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 So we must lay aside selfish. You know, it says, you know, pick up your cross. You know the cross? What is the cross? You know, the cross... Today is a place of what? Where sin can be eradicated. Amen. It's a place of, you know, what the, what the Lord did for us. Our salvation, our redemption, amen. Our forgiveness, everything else. But the cross also is a place of suffering. Amen. It's a place of setting aside our own selfish ambitions. Amen. 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 Dying to the pleasures of the world. Amen. The things I want to do, the things that I feel I must do. Two, doing what God says we must do. Praying at midnight, yes. Amen. No one else praying. We best start praying, amen. Amen. Joining, praying, you know, I'm like just so tired. It's, so, it's not because I'm not tired. You know, I'm like, how do you do? I said, Charlie, 
my children, oh, my children's children, oh, I have to, I have to, I have to. The way the world is going, we must leave them something. Amen. And for ourselves, while we are alive, amen. Amen. Pleasures of the world, death, you know, sin, self-denial, that's the cross. Take up that cross. Show up. Come, church, early. Come, pray. Be part of what is, is, is happening. Amen. 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 <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Caleb returned, back to the story, Caleb returned to an important place called Kadeshwad Bahana. Amen. This may not mean a lot to us, but it's a very key point in Caleb's story. Forty-five years earlier, Caleb, Moses, and Joshua, along with the children of Israel. This is history. We need to know history. Amen. Amen. So Caleb, Moses, and Joshua, along with the children of Israel, came to the edge of the promised land. If you are sleepy, you can get up and stand. Oh, amen. You are free. Amen. Amen. Or you want the fire. Amen. The water gun. It will cool you down small anyway in this heat. Hallelujah. Amen. So Caleb, Moses, Joshua, along with the children of Israel, came to the edge of the promised land. Have you come to the edge of the promised land? All the things that God said he will give to you. The point of entry to that promised land was a place called Kadesh Banya. Amen. They had quickly made the trek from Egypt and were poised to enter the land. Amen. And sometimes we come to that place. You know, when we start out, everything is going well. We are happy. We are in church. We are da, ba, da, ba, da. And then just as we are going to enter into our promised land. You know, when we are on the edge and we see the peripheral, we see things, we think that is the promised land. We think we have arrived at the promised land. But we are poised on the edge of the promised land. Amen. We are at the Kadesh Banya. Amen. And we need to enter. Amen. We need to what? Enter. When you come to that border, it's simply the, the, uh, uh, they were poised to enter the land. And we come to the line every day. Amen. We come to the border line. Amen. And sometimes fear can keep us from entering our promised land. Amen. Offense can keep us from entering our promised land. Amen. Amen. It, does, it doesn't take 40 years to get there from Egypt. It didn't, it, it, it didn't have to take them 40 years. It doesn't have to take us 40 years. House of Judah, it doesn't have to take us another 20 what years. Amen. It does not have to take us that long. Amen. It didn't have to take 40 years to get from Egypt to the promised land. However, amen. They were going around in circles. Like I said earlier, sometimes we're just going around. Round, round there. Round, round there. Just round, round there. This is a joke between my son. Round, round there. Amen. Shall I tell them your story when you were little? Amen. Round, round there. Amen. Just going around in circles. Amen. I'll tell you another day. Amen. Why did it take them so long? Why is it taking you and I so long? Why is it taking us so long to get into it? We know what the Lord has said. We know His promises. We know what He has said concerning us as a ministry, as a church, as a congregation, families, individuals. We know what the Lord has said. Why are we going around in circles? Why is it taking us so long? When we are poised on the edge, we are that place. Amen. Here's why. When they arrived at Kadesh Panya, they decided... To send in some spies. Amen. <laughs> the Lord had told them, I have a place for you. Go in, possess the land. When they got there, they decided, God didn't tell them, send spies into the land. He said, go. God has told us what? Go. Enter. House of Go. Do this, that. When you do this, this is what I'll do to you. What did they do? They decided to send spies to spy out the land. God didn't give them that instruction. 
There's nowhere in the Bible I went through it. He didn't give them that instruction. He just said, that's your land. Go in, take the land. They are giants. They are DJ. They are all that. They are there. But go in and take the land. And they got there, poised there, and experiencing this little breakthrough. So they were settling small on the edge there, the border there, thinking, yeah, this is all right. It's not too bad. Let's send some spies in to check out the land. Amen. So they chose 12 men. Say, they chose 12 men. Oh, shout it loud. They chose 12 men to go in. To go see what was going on and then return with their report. Amen. Amen. They should have just gone into Canaan and believed the Lord. Amen. We should just believe the Lord. Amen. Let us just believe the Lord. Amen. Has He not said it? Will He not do it? Let us just believe the Lord. Amen. And stop standing on the peripheral, sending in spies, sending in people, and querying, asking, what's going on? What's happening? Are they? No. Amen. Amen. They should have just gone into the land and believed the Lord. He had promised He would watch over them and bless them and get them through. But instead, they decided to send spies. So after a time in the land, amen, while the, the, the Israelites were in Kadesh Barnea, you know, on the peripheral, on the border of the promised land, Okay, I want you to have that imagination. Have that picture. Amen. The story makes sense. Amen. So after a time in the land, the spies went into the land for a while. They came back. Somebody said the spies came back. So the majority of 12 effectively say, remember 12 spies, right? 10 of them said, you don't want to go into that place. Everything in this land is big. The Lord had already told them. The walls are big, the cities are big, the soldiers are big, they are giants, amen. They are what? Giants. Everything is big. We are like grasshoppers, amen, in their sight. There are giants in the land. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. And the question he asks is, what are you saying about your promised land? What are you saying about your church? Amen. Amen. What are you saying about your church? What are you saying about your bishop, your teachers, your leadership? Amen. Amen. Could this be what is preventing others from coming in? Amen. Amen. You know, let me tell you a story. One day, <laughs> say one day, you know, I'm, I'm, the, the fact that I'm able to speak about some of these things is good for me because it means that I'm healing and I'm, I'm getting to that place where I'll, I'm okay, I'll be okay. Amen. Where what? I'll be okay. You know, because in the past I couldn't speak about certain things. And it was inside and it was just mm, chewing me up and making me ill. Amen. So I'm just grateful that I can speak about some of these things. There's still some things I'm still working on. Amen. <laughs> I'm still working on them. Amen. But at least, you know, I've made a, a, a start. Amen. One day, say one day, we went out for evangelism. Amen. And then, when we were on one of the streets, a couple of streets, you know, along here happily you know in our t-shirts going a few of us you know to the doors and knocking at the doors giving leaflets and then catching people on the street sharing the lord with them with zeal with fervency amen excited amen telling everybody about jesus kayande kayando lord all the good things amen and then i i met this this man you know this gentleman and i just approached him, you know, and I said, oh, we're just out here, we're at Church House of Judah, we're just around the corner, you know, and we're out here this afternoon just sharing the love of God, just sharing the gospel with people and just, you know, just, just sharing the gospel, basically. And then the man said to me, huh, 
What church did you say? House of Judah. He said, well, the one by the corner. I said, yes. So I was excited that he knew. Said, Amen. <laughs> he knew where the church was. So I was excited. I said, yeah, yeah, that one. He said, that one with that, that pastor, the one with that bishop, that man. So he's torn. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Bishop Hattonwood. You know, Pastor, I don't remember where the Bishop, Pastor, yeah, 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 that one. Then he said, hold. That church. I never come to that church. So I was taken aback. I said, ah, why not? And then he went into one. I said, he what? He went into one. Meanwhile, we're all out. That day, Bishop was preaching somewhere, so he was not with us. But if you know our Bishop, he leads by example. He's always with us when we go out. Amen. Yesterday, somewhere here, he was with us. He was with them. Amen. And he went into one. He said this, and he said that. That man is a wicked man. That man, he said this. That man, oh, he said thief. You know, taking people. I mean, he said, he said, he said stuff that I cannot even repeat. Because me, myself, I've, I was so traumatized. I've not got over the things he said. Remember, Bishop is my husband. Okay, people forget that. When they are being weird and funny, you do not understand that. He's not just your pastor. He's not just my pastor. The man is my husband. And I see him. And I see the sacrifices he makes. And I know what he does for people. And so to hear people come with all kinds of negativity about my husband. You come and try today. I'm not that same person. If you haven't noticed, to whom it may concern. He said things, I mean, he said things maligning him, half-truths, demonic things, you know, from the pit of hell. I said some of the things, I cannot repeat it about my husband. So the man spoke. I just gave him time. I just said, oh, this man has a lot to say. Let him speak. And he said everything that he wanted to say. So I said, okay. And he said, oh, everybody has left that church. That was the conclusion of the matter. He said, everybody has left that church, including his children and his wife. That is how evil that man is. That's how wicked. I'm telling you what this person said to me, face to face. I didn't hear it from somewhere. To me, not knowing who I was. The man is demonic. He's this, he's that, he's this, he's Oh, commit, you name all the, the, the sins in the world. He's committed everything. He's broken all the laws. So I said, when he finished, it's like 10 minutes. There's me trying to share the gospel. Oh, and he was sharing his gospel to me. After 10 minutes, when he was speaking, so I said, okay, all right. I see you have a lot in your heart. So I said, do you know this man? He said, oh, no, 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 I don't know him, I don't know him. I said, ah, but the way you are speaking, like you know him. He said, yeah, I know him. I said, but how can you say you know the man when you haven't met him? He said, I know the people who are speaking these things, the people who were telling me these things. There are people in his church. I said, no, 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 it's not possible. The people in the church will not say things like this. He said, listen, I can point them out to you. I know who they are, and I know where they live. And he pointed out certain places and certain names and all that. And I was shocked. I was shocked. I've never said this. I don't know if I've shared this story before. I was absolutely horrified that the people, he said, the people in that church, in your church, are the ones that are saying all these horrible things about your church, about your pastors, about your bishop. That is why people are not coming into your church. So we are out there doing evangelism, doing all these things. We are here praying. And people in the church are breaking it down because of what? Offense that what? Bishop didn't call you. Bishop didn't uh, uh, wish you happy what? 
Hey, grow up. I said what? Grow up. You, some of you don't know some things. Amen. So when, when he, sa- he, said, he said, oh, the people in the church. So I said, okay. I'm surprised at the things you are saying because you said they said everybody has left, including his children and his wife. So I said, ah, but I'm his wife. That's, that is the punchline. Amen. I said, ah, but I'm his wife. Then the man, he just said, looked at me and said, I said, yeah, I, I'm his wife. And then I pointed, I said, that's my son. That's his son, and that's his daughter over there. Do you want me to call them over, you know, to introduce them to you? The man, I mean, Nehujuye, he was like they poured ice water on him. The man, he said, what? This is his expression. He said, what? You are his wife, and those are his children, and the church members, and you are out here doing evangelism. He said, hey, if I had not met you, and spoken to you, I said, I believed everything that people told me because they are in the church. He said, I believed everything they said. But now that I have spoken to you, I am shocked. And this is what he said to me. This is what the man said to me, unbeliever, out there, man on the streets. He said to me, be careful of the people in your church. How can somebody who is not a believer, who is not Christian or who is not word knowledgeable, a total stranger, tell me be careful of the people in your church. I said, wow. So he said, I am so sorry. And he said, I am so sorry for you. Some of the things I said to you now, I feel bad that I told, I said some of the things to you as a wife. I said, you know, it's cool. I said, I was, I was so, I don't know the emotions that I was going through at that point in time. But the Holy Spirit ministered to me and said to me that, Hey girl, you have two choices here. You can carry on, finish what you are doing, go home and go have your best meal. Huh? Or you can stop now, coil into a shell and feel sorry for yourself. Right there and there. I said, the guy apologized. So, you know, he didn't know. So right there and there, I made a quick decision. I said, gosh, if I let this thing affect me, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to recover. So I went ahead, finished everything, and then I went home. And we had a bottle of Schleyer in the fridge that had been chilling for a while. I went, took it out, and then I made my best dish. Eh? I stopped and got some okra. I like okra stew. And Banku, eh? I stopped and bought a few things, and I went home and I made it. While I was cooking, I was sipping my shle and singing praises unto the Lord, singing praises unto the Lord. And then I made the food. I sat down and I ate it, and that is how I was able to deal with that. So, what is it that you are saying about your church? You've forgotten your story. Many people have forgotten their story. What their lives was like before they came into the church. Before they had an encounter with God. They've forgotten. Remember David, when you forget, you become a half-hearted Christian. Amen. And you can turn your back on the church that made you. And the people that were saying all these things were people that were nothing. I said it. 
They were nothing. They had nothing. They didn't even know how to pray. They didn't know how to even write. They had nothing. And this church embraced you. Can I tell you something about the good thing of this church? Other than the amazing bishop that we have. And the amazing pastors that we have. And amazing workers, ministers we have. Other than that, there's no one in this house, despite all the complaints and moans we've had, that can say, when I came in and I was this, I was that, the church took me in and then they used it against me. We never ever. We never ever. No one is coming to this church and then who they were and as God has worked through them and brought them to a place that we've ever turned around and said, hey, this is what you were like before we came. Look at you. No, never. Because we know that it is the doing of the Lord. Amen. Never. Them crazy stories out there. Well, that's one story. I'll tell you more as we go along. Amen. But that's one is enough for now. Amen. Amen. You can only handle one at a time. Amen. <laughs> so let me run up and we're done. Amen. Hallelujah. So how can I say, be careful of the people in the church? Please, watch what you say about your church. Watch it. God is watching you. You think you are doing it to Bishop or maybe or somebody. You are doing it to the Lord. I said you are doing it to what? The Lord. And be careful. He said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Read through the scriptures. Anyone who stood before God. What happened to them? Amen. Amen. So back to Caleb and Joshua. Amen. So we said ten people returned and said, Oh, you don't want to go into that place. You don't want to go into that church. That man, the dad, the woman, the dad. And they're always talking about money. And the guy, the dad, the money, the dad. We pay tithe for us. Amen. Everything we do. I mean, I'm, I'm baffled sometimes. I'm like, listen, the things we tell you, we do it too. Because it's not your doing that will work for me. It's my doing that is working for me. So I, I can't be looking at you and, and saying all these things. Amen. You know, when someone says, oh, your marriage is blossoming and my marriage... I said, well, I'm working on mine. Work on yours. You know, when people are offended, they don't even talk sense. Why are you upset that your marriage is... No, my marriage is blossoming. Oh, what, what, what is the ratio here? I'm working on mine and I'm telling you what to do. You're not doing it. And then yet you're blaming me somehow for your marriage that is failing. Like, my marriage, the things I'm doing my marriage should be working for you. Does it work that way? No. Go work out your own. With the same word I'm using. Amen. And stop blaming me for things that I know nothing about. Amen. For things that we know nothing about. Amen. Amen. Take responsibility for your own life and stop blaming others. Amen. So the ten said this, then said that. But the two, Caleb and Joshua, where are the two? Amen. You decide to be the one, the two. Amen. You decide to be the Caleb and the Joshua who will bring a good report. Amen. Who will do what? Bring a good report. Amen. Don't be among the ten. Because the ten, when they entered into the promise, the ten did not make it. Amen. The ten did not make it. They did not enjoy nothing but Caleb. And Joshua had an inheritance because they spoke well of the land. They spoke well of their church. Amen. They served the Lord with all their hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. So Caleb and Joshua returned with, with a, they came with a minority re- report. Amen. Not the majority report. Amen. And they brought back a cluster of grapes so large it took the two of them to carry it. Amen. If you, even when we're little growing up, we see the picture of two men carrying some big grapes. Amen. 
Eh? Oh, you, you, you didn't have Sunday school, amen. Amen. Make sure your children don't miss Sunday school, amen. Go learn some of these things. It took two of them to carry it, amen, to the land and said, this is what is in the land. This is, what, this is the goodness in your land. This is the goodness in your church, amen. Amen. Stop frightening people not to come to the church. If you have ever found yourself in that place, go to God and repent to Go on your knees now, now, now. I ask God, forgive me. Please, remember the word comes for correction, reproof, doctrine, and righteousness. Right? And what? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that one. And the other one, yeah. Go and ask God to forgive you. Please. If you know people who have done it, tell them that's why things are not working for you. You think things are working. They are not. Don't be proud. Things are not working. And it's it's not just you. It's you and your children. If you care, you don't care about yourself. Care about your children. Care about your children's children. And do what is right. You can't say you love your children and do things that in the end will come back and bite them where the sun don't shine. Amen. So the people were actually angry with Joshua and Caleb for daring to suggest that they should go into the land. They actually wanted to kill Caleb and Joshua. Do you know that? They wanted to kill them for bringing a good report. Sometimes people will say all kinds of things. Like, don't go to that church. Oh, that, 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 that. Because they know the good in that land. And they want to prevent you from going into the good of that land. Think about it. Amen. Amen. If you want to finish well, tell your neighbor, if you want to finish well, and wholeheartedly follow God, then you won't compromise. But you will stand your ground. Amen. You will be more concerned with the approval of God. Tell someone, you will be more concerned with the approval of God than the approval of men. Amen. It would have been easy for Caleb and Joshua to go along with the crowd. Everybody was saying it. Everybody is doing it. But they all knew it was wrong. It didn't stop them. But they stood their ground, hallelujah, at the risk of being personally ostracized. So what? And losing friends. So what? I'd rather lose certain people than lose God. I say it loud and clear. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The giver of everything. How can I lose him and keep certain people who do not love God and are not serving God and following God wholeheartedly? I'd rather lose them and have Christ. Amen. 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 Stand your ground. Tell somebody, stand your ground. Let people ostracize you. They don't invite you. Don't call. So what? I don't care. Many parts in only. What are you going to eat that I haven't eaten before? What are you going to drink that I haven't drank before? Where is it? What is it that... You know, you know what I'm saying? Come on, have some dignity about... What is it? I mean... I can cook it ten times better, <laughs> if I may say so myself. <laughs> I have that confidence and boldness to say. I can buy it, I can drink it easily, without it making any dent in my kotoku pockets. So what is it? Go! I'd rather have God. Huh? Will you rather have God? I'm asking that question, I'm throwing it to you. Will you rather have God or certain people? That you know, you know, you know that they are, they are half-hearted people, half-hearted Christians. The man said, he said, not just anyone, Christians, half-hearted Christians. Amen. They were ostracized. 
Even the people were so angry they wanted to kill them. Think of how many people today are being held back spiritually because they are more concerned about other people than God. Amen. Amen. Don't be a half-hearted Christian. Make sure that every day counts. Make sure that you are living every day for Christ. Make sure that you are telling somebody about Christ every day. Make sure you are sharing the gospel. Tell your story. Never forget your story. Remember your story. This is where I was. This is what was happening to me. Then I heard about Jesus Christ. Then someone invited me to House of Judah. Be proud of your church. Some people act like they are not proud of House of Judah. Like I'm associated, I'm not associated. I don't want them to know I go to that church. Hey! He said, Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Okay, the church belongs to God. We're not talking about a man. It doesn't matter what you feel about a man or a woman. It's about God's house. Speak good things about your church. I said earlier, don't be the reason why some people are not. If you have found yourself in that category, go to God today, today, and repent. Ask God to forgive you because that's God's house. And he will build his church with or without you and I. Amen. It's a privilege. I said it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to serve God. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't waste life. Amen. Don't waste a single moment. Let's be upstanding. Let's be upstanding right now. Don't waste a single moment. The word has come. Amen. We have heard the word and I pray that the word has fallen on the good ground of our hearts. You speak to the Lord. I like it when everyone just speaks to the Lord rather than me tell you what to say. Cottonwood Publications presents So Financial Freedom Pack. The four newly released books by the author and prolific writer, Dr. Michael Hottonwood. Titles are 21 Reasons Why No Believer or a Pastor Should Be Poor, How to Get Out of Debt and Stay Out of Debt, Steps to Becoming Debt Free, Why Budgeting is Not an Option, and Reasons Why People Walk in Lack. Order your copies today by calling 0208-689-6010 or order online at Amazon.co.uk, www.hasajuda.org. UK or michaelhottonwood.org. Debit or credit card accepted. Secure online payments by Visa card, MasterCard, Charge card, Stored Valued card, Leads card, and PayPal.